Welcome to every studier out there. We're moving ahead in the wisdom of Solomon. Uh, in chapter 5 here, and it says here, the wicked shall wonder at the godly and confess their error. Now that's judgment day. And the vanity of their lives, God will reward the just. And he, God Almighty, Jesus Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost will war against the wicked. How do you like that? That's the war we're in, folks. It's nice to know we're on the winning side, isn't it? Here in chapter 5, in the Wisdom of Solomon, it says, Then shall the righteous man stand in his boldness. This is Judgment Day, folks. Before the face of such as have afflicted him, and made no account of his labors. All right, now see, you got you go to the other doctrines. I call them doctrines. The history book, Jaser, or especially Enoch, you see this judgment day. You really do. Very, very detailed. And it harmonizes with all the 77 books of the King James. Now, why do I say 77 books? We were just discussing that. Well, Bell and the Dragon and uh, Susanna were attached to Daniel. And the translators here, during the Great Gathering, took those because they didn't have original Hebrew like they did for everything else. They put them in the Apocrypha. Uh, and then there's the prayer of Manasseh also, which is very short and brief. So that's how I tally it, 77 books, 11 books that they, uh, Council of Trent, it's uh, tied to the, tied to the great temple there in Egypt that they call a library, uh, the Ptolemy Alexandria Library of the Council of Trent, the enemies of your scriptures. Okay, so, uh, here you see they've made uh, Judgment Day, and uh, we have the good on this side. Do we have the sheep on this side and the goats on the other? In two, it says, and when they see it, they shall be troubled with terrible fear and shall be amazed at the strangeness of his salvation so far beyond all that they looked for, period. So there's your... <laughs> Your great Darwinian or Satanist or whatever their problem was in the flesh, they have no idea that this was coming, do they? And their, their, their uh, great arrogant science and all the uh, lies and deception that they suck down like a catfish on a bait and think they're so smart. Yes, indeed. I love that world government. Yes, I do. Oh, yeah. The wise man, the great theologians, the rich man will guide me. They're so smart. <laughs> now look at them. The rich man and the theologians standing right next to them on Judgment Day, on the wrong end of it. In 3, it says, And they repenting and groaning for anguish of spirit, shall say within themselves, 
This was he whom we had sometimes in derision and a proverb of reproach. So they were the great mockers. Now, notice how this all flows along, everybody. Notice how it flows along here. Uh, it's meant to be read end to end here. Uh, much of King Solomon's writings can be line by line. They stand on themselves, but this, this is a little different here. It's um, the point. It uh, progresses as these chapters go along. So here they were mocking him. You were a proverb. And what do they say now? And for we fools accounted his life madness and his end to be without honor. Okay, see, this goes back to the earlier chapters. How is he numbered among the children of God and his lot is among the saints? Capital S question mark. Therefore have we erred from the way of truth and the light of righteousness hath not shined unto us and the sun of righteousness rose not upon us. Seven, we wearied ourselves in the way of wickedness and destruction. Yea, we have gone through deserts where there lay no way, but as for the way of the Lord, we have not known it. Okay, and when you don't know the way of the Lord here in seven, you, the Lord don't know you. Get away from me. I knew you not. Eight, it says, what hath pride profited us? Question mark. Or what hath, what good hath riches with our vanity, vaunting brought us? Okay, vaunting is shaking the spear, threatening people. Uh, that's a question mark. So you're shaking the spear at the world. What has it gotten you with your pride and your great riches? Nine, all those things are passed away like a shadow. And as a post, capital P, that has hasted by. <laughs> so there you are. And the post, what? It flew by you. Ten, it says. Now, here's another similitude in ten. That was the post, the traveling. It's going by you. And here's the ship uh, parable. It says, and, and as a ship that passeth over the waves of the water which when it is gone by, the trace thereof cannot be found. Neither the pathway of the keel in the waves. Period. So there's no trace of their professed great life, see. All their statues of them are all gone, right? In 11, it says, or as when a bird, this is similar to the bird here, and they're saying Proverbs 30, 19, is, uh, it harmonizes with the uh, older King Solomon there in Proverbs. Or as when a bird hath flown through the air, there is no token of her way to be found, but the light air being beaten with the stroke of her wings and parted with the violent noise and motion of them is passed through 
and therein afterwards no sign where she went is to be found. So we had three parables on the uselessness of the rich man and all his cronies here. 12, it says, Or like as when an arrow is shot at a mark, it parteth the air, which immediately cometh together again, so that a man cannot know where it went through. Even so, we in like manner, as soon as we were born, began to draw to our end, and had no sign of virtue to shew, but were consumed in our own wickedness. Period. How about that? 14, it says, For the hope of the ungodly is like dust that is blown away with the wind, like a thin froth that is driven away with the storm, like as the smoke which is dispersed here and there with a tempest, and passeth away as the remembrance of a guest that tarrieth but a day. Okay, so we have more similitudes here from the young King Solomon. 15, but the righteous live forevermore. Their reward also is with the Lord, and the care of them is with the Most High, capital H. Therefore shall they re receive a glorious kingdom and a beautiful crown from the Lord's hand, for with his right hand shall he cover them, and with his arm shall he protect them. And there is the similitude language there. Uh, and they're harmonizing this with Maccabees uh, 2.17. That's Second Maccabees 2.17, but it's all through the Bible here. And uh, the similitude of the right versus the left hand and all that. You guys have heard that a million times here at this Bible study, haven't you? Okay, uh, here, here is the Lord protecting the saints. He shall take to him his jealousy for complete armor and make the creature his weapon for the revenge of his enemies. Okay, so there's God's indestructible army. That's Joel, for instance. 18, he shall put on righteousness as a breastplate and true judgment is instead of an helmet. Okay. All right, so there's the armor of God. That goes from uh, all through the 77 books. He shall take holiness for an invincible shield. How about that for, a, for the uh, Holy Ghost armor? 20. His severe wrath shall he sharpen for a sword, and the world shall fight with him against the unwise. Okay, so here, the earth itself is going to protect saints, and it's going to swallow up ungodly uh, nests. It's gonna, you're going to see amazing things being done. You're going to see the animals, great beasts. Uh, we're all talking about Judgment Day. We're talking about the tribulation 
period here for the most part. 21, then shall the right aiming thunderbolts go abroad, and from the clouds as from a well-drawn bow shall they fly to the mark. Okay, that's the Lord during the great tribulation uh, extinguishing the followers of Lucifer. Listen to this here right out of Revelations. And 22, the number of chapters in Revelations. And hailstones full of wrath shall be cast as out of a stone bow. And the water of the sea shall rage against them. And the flood shall cruelly drown them. Yea, a mighty wind shall stand up against them. And like a storm shall blow them away. Thus, iniquity shall lay waste the whole earth, and ill-dealing shall overthrow the thrones of the mighty. Okay? So here they are, here in the earth, and they, their unrighteous deeds has destroyed themselves. Here. Okay, but now he gets back to talking about the big rulers of the earth. As we started off in chapter 1, talking to the judges. Uh, here we're talking directly to the kings, okay? Uh, and the kings must give ear and tell them this power you got from God and how God won't spare them. And uh, you got to find wisdom. Princes must seek it. For a wise prince is the stay of his people. So he loves his people. Here in chapter 6 in the Wisdom of Solomon. Verse 1. Hear therefore, O ye kings, and understand. Learn ye that be judges of the ends of the earth. Give ear, you that rule the people and glory in the multitude of nations for power is given you of the Lord and sovereignty from the highest. Capital H, who shall try your works and search out your counsels. Notice sovereignty. And uh, see, that's where all our borders are being dropped today by Satan. See, that's Satan's ploy. God's the one that confounded language and set up the borders and the waters between the firmaments. And Satan comes back and says, whoa, no, no, no. No. We're going to all be one big happy family here on the good ship planet Earth. No borders, no walls, no USA at all. Remember their chant? And of, of uh, interesting is uh, he's talking about the, the uh, trying the kings of the earth's works. And where, does it, where do these translators send you but to Romans 13? Ah, well, what did we say when we teach it? You're under more strict rules if you're, I don't care what you're leading. It can be the church choir. 
I don't care what, what you're in, in uh, charge of. You have to take responsibility because God's watching every work you do. Okay? All right, and four it says, because being ministers of his kingdom, you have not judged our right, nor kept the law, the law, nor walk, walked after the counsel of God. Okay, so now he's coming down on them. Where is the godly Romans 13? And I'm mocking because that ain't what... Romans 13 is over people within the church, and there is mention of leaders, but it's not in the manner that uh, Hitler and his gang of uh, cutthroats, the uh, Thule Society, used it as propaganda. No, that wasn't it at all. In fact, you see that this, uh, this Romans 13, 1 and 2, it's talking more about the leaders being godly, and that's what it's talking about here. Okay, so... If you don't listen, if you don't really, really, really seek the Lord as you're being set up, you're going to be cast down. And you're under more scrutiny, not less, more. Every decision you make, everything you do affects other people. Is that what we have out there today? I'm asking you, folks. Is that what we have out there today? In four, it says, because being ministers of his kingdom, you have not judged aright, nor kept the law, nor walked after the counsel of God. Horribly and speedily shall he come upon you, for a sharp judgment shall be to them that be in high places. How about that one? That's plain English. In 6, it says, for mercy, for mercy will soon pardon the meanest, and that is the average, folks. It doesn't mean uh, <clears throat> mean as you would think angry, or it's just your average person will be pardoned. But mighty men shall be mightily tormented. <laughs> They're going to hell here in 6. In 7, it says, for he which is Lord over all, shall fear no man's person, neither shall he stand in awe of any man's greatness. For he hath made the small and the great, and careth for all alike. In eight it says, but a sore trial shall come upon the mighty. Unto you, therefore, O king, do I speak, that ye may learn wisdom and not fall away. Okay, that's a good thing if you can get somebody to do it. That is not the normal, though, is it? As we go through history, is that the... Is, is, how many of these leaders have been like this? Have really feared the Lord? Not too many, okay? This is... Uh, but this is the what God would have them do. And this is what the shepherds will do in the end of time. Okay. All right. It says, For they that keep holiness holy shall be judged holy, and they that have learned such things shall find what to answer. Okay. Notice here the learning part. In 11 it says, Wherefore, set your affection upon my words. Desire them, and ye shall be instructed. Okay, 
And here comes wisdom and understanding. And this is good for the lowly and it's good for the king. Twelve, wisdom is glorious and never fadeth away. Yea, she is easily seen of them that love her and found of the such as seek her. Again, there's the intimate relationship with wisdom and understanding. She is directly connected to the bride of Christ. She is directly connected, that is, wisdom and understanding, to your and mine salvation. Just is. Thirteen, she preventeth them that desire her in making herself first known unto them. Whoso seeketh her early shall have no great travail, for he shall find her sitting at his doors. So all he's seeking you will find. Knock and it will be given. Okay, that's what it's teaching here. Fifteen, to think therefore upon her is perfection of wisdom, and whoso watcheth for her shall quickly be without care. So there's the, the blessings are starting to fall on you. And notice this thinking about the wisdom. So you don't just read these scriptures and move on. No. You uh, ponder the subject. There's a certain amount of um, biblical knowledge you can have per day, and you uh, ponder those things, and you just keep growing. 16, it says, For she, that's wisdom and understanding, goeth about seeking such as are worthy of her, sheweth herself favorably unto them in the ways, and meeteth them in every thought. Benefits of wisdom and understanding, a gift of the Holy Ghost. How do you like that, folks? 17, it says, For the very true beginning of her is the desire of discipline. And the care of discipline is love. How about that parable? 18, it says, And love is the keeping of her laws, and the giving heed unto her laws is the assurance of incorruption. How about that for advice for the kings and for us lowly people? 19, And Incorruption maketh us near unto God. Did you just hear that? In and incorruption maketh us near unto God. 20 it says, Therefore, the desire of wisdom bringeth to a kingdom. That's right. It's called the New Jerusalem, North Star to Earth. It just is. 21, if your delight be then in thrones and scepters, O ye kings of the people, honor wisdom that ye may reign forevermore. 22, as for wisdom, what she is and how she came up, I will tell you and will not hide mysteries from you but will seek her out from the beginning of her nativity and bring the knowledge of her into light and will not pass over the truth. 23, neither will I go with consuming 
envy, for such a man shall have no fellowship with wisdom. 24. But the multitude of the wise is the welfare of the world, and a wise king is the upholding of the people. Receive, therefore, instruction through my words, and it shall do you good. Period. Okay, so there's that. We're going to get this up to you. But I want to tell you, that when, when it comes to these apocrypha writings, um, the first book of Esdras, and that A-S has to do with the Greek, is uh, the same as Ezra out of the Hebrew. Okay? It's uh, practically the same thing exactly. Okay? And then uh, Manasseh's there uh, attached to uh, right behind Ecclesiasticus. And uh, then the... Uh, the way it was put in the Septuagint, not that the Septuagint was flawless, but you had Susanna at the beginning, the Song of the Three Holy Children, and you had Daniel in the lion's den there. All three of those were attached to Daniel. Okay, and all of them reappeared here in the... Uh, Old Testament Apocrypha, and that's why I'm saying I, I count it as 11 books, and that's the way I count it, and that were saved from those terrible tyrants, the Council of Trent. <laughs>